we want to offer you a complimentary CTP bundle. That's right. It means the certified treasury professional exam and access to the AFP preparation platform for free. To participate in the contest, you simply need to share the LinkedIn post that we just published and tag both the AFP and Corporate Treasury 101. The link is in the description. Go check it out. Hey guys, Osam here. Just very quickly before we start, Guillaume and I have partnered up with Automation Boutique to write a brand new ebook for you guys called Going Beyond the Buzzwords. It's an amazing ebook that goes through all the things about automation, data, and processing that just simplifies the topics just in the way that we do all the time in Corporate Treasury 101. To pick up your copy, just go into the show notes and click on the link or go to the website and find the partners page where we have a link to the ebook there as well with Automation Boutique. And then here's the episode. Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the first part of our full interview with Jim Cates, where we discuss AFP and its role. In the episode of today, expect to learn who is AFP and its core mission in the finance industry? How does the AFP represent and serve finance professionals across different industries? In what ways has the AFP evolved since its inception to meet the changing needs of finance professionals? What is the membership structure of the AFP? And like always, much, much more. It was very refreshing to chat with Jim, particularly to understand the vision, values, and behind the scenes of the Association for Financial Professionals. Jim embodies these visions and values, and it clearly shows in the episode. We hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you're thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. The best way you can support the podcast is to head to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Corporate Treasury 101. That will mean the world to us and help more people learn about treasury. On another other note, this episode is brought to you by Automation Boutique. Automation Boutique is empowering treasury, finance, and risk management with tailored automation solution. They use robotic process automation, or PA, AI, APIs and Power Query to create automations that can work with your existing systems. We partnered with Automation Boutique as we really like their approach to innovation and how they help the industry. For this partnership, they came up with an AI-powered automation self-scan that can help you find out if a business process is suitable for automation and how to best get started. It is totally free, non-intrusive and only takes about 15 minutes. What's great is that the report you will get from the scan helps you determine if the benefits of the automation outweigh the costs. If you want to have a look, head to the link in the description or to automationboutique.com slash corporate treasury 101. And with all that being said, please welcome Jim Gates. Jim, thank you so much for joining us on the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. To begin with, could you maybe introduce our listeners to the AFP, the Association for Finance Professional, and its core mission in the finance industry, please? Sure. Well, first, again, thank you for having me as well. Uh, AFP, the Association for Financial Professionals, is a professional organization or society 
we are a not-for-profit that's focused very much on a mission, and that mission is to be a resource for our members who are in the Treasury and the FP&A or finance space to help them at every step of their career from beginning all the way to throughout their career. So our focus every day for every individual member is how can we make them successful? How can we assist them in being successful in their careers in corporate treasury or corporate finance? And that's really the mission that drives us, our why statement that drives us every day to get better and to help our members be successful, our customers to be successful in their in their careers. Awesome. And so maybe focusing on the corporate treasury part, could you walk us through a little bit what's, what's the overall footprint of the AFP? Because you guys are doing lots of stuff. So yes, focusing maybe on corporate treasury because that's what most of our audience is about. Sure. Can you walk us through what you guys do there? Sure. So in, in with that mission statement or that why statement, there are many areas that we focus on. Uh, first, we have a treasury certification, the certified treasury professional designation which has been in the global market for almost 40 years now. Uh, over 60,000 people have passed the exam. Uh, you probably can double that, uh, the number of people that have gone, th gone through the exam. Uh, I will say that we have been pleasantly surprised at the growth rate of that certification over the last uh, two or three years, especially as we went through COVID, uh, where seems that especially outside the US uh, in the APAC region, uh, and we have an office in the APAC region, as well as in the Middle East in Europe, as well as the US, uh, it is a global qualification. Uh, we test through Pearson View, so you can test anywhere around the world. So we've been delighted to see a, an increase in the uh, above and beyond what we expected in terms of the treasury qualification. So we've been really excited about that. There are probably some reasons why, and we can talk about that uh, at some other point. So the basis of what we do is we are the certifying body for the profession. Mm. And that's really kind of the, the stake that we put in the ground for the last 35 or 40 years. So in addition to the certification, we have a, a, a membership value proposition. So we, we produce a lot of content, white papers, guides, webinars that are really focused on, again, how can we help our members and our customers be successful in their jobs? And Treasury has expanded significantly, uh, certainly in the 25 years that I've been at AFP. I didn't bring them, but I should have, I guess, if I showed you the first body of knowledge for the certification, it was probably an inch thick. While we have an exam prep platform that's an online uh, platform. Uh, we actually do produce a, a book, Essentials of Treasury Management, and it's probably six inches thick. So uh, <laughs> while our while the people taking the certification grown a little bit at times, oh my God, I wish I could have taken that one. I think it demonstrates the success of the treasury profession. I think it demonstrates how it has changed and grown. And, and if something is growing in terms of expectations for a profession, I think that's a good thing, that it's not decreasing. And so kind of the CTP has been the foundation for AFP as a certifying body, and we have developed another certification in financial planning and analysis, but I know for the purposes of this discussion, we'll talk about treasury. Then we have a very large conference. It's the largest absolutely in the world by, I don't know how many factors this year we had 
uh, well over 6,000 people. That's kind of typical for the AFP annual event. Um, of course, it was a little, you know, we had a little hiccup there during the COVID period, and uh, but we, we were happy to see that it has expanded uh, back to where it was originally. The core of that event, again, is education. Uh, we have over 130, edu 130 educational sessions, um, so it's very much focused on content among six tracks. One thing that I would heavily emphasize that uh, you cannot buy your way onto the AFP annual event uh, any sessions. Uh, nothing is for sale in that regard in terms of education and training. Uh, we're almost, we're militant about ensuring that when our members come to that event, they're hearing the best and the brightest, but they're also getting the corporate practitioner perspective. Now, that's not to say that we don't greatly value uh, the vendors. We have a massive exhibit floor, um, and we're, those are the organizations that help to support the profession. But if you think about the core element of the content, very much practitioner driven, we're a practitioner driven organization. So certification, training, multiple ways to, to do that. We do individual training as well as corporate training. Our events, uh, really make up our value proposition for, uh, people doing business with AFP and global, an office in Singapore, and we have a strategic partner in the Middle East as well. Mm. Lots and lots to unpack here, Jim. Um, awesome. And to answer one of the questions you raised, uh, why did it ex exceed your expectations? Probably because Treasury is all the hype. That, that's maybe why. <laughs> but we well, yeah, I think when you go through, I, I, unfortunately or unfortunately, in my career at AFP, which is now 26 years long, 25 years, 25 years. Uh, you know, first it was 9-11, and then we went through the financial crisis, uh, and then COVID being uh, the last crisis. I don't know how many more crises I can deal with, but at least I've gotten AFP through those three. But there's been, I think, so much emphasis. You know, when you go through a crisis, it's always how much cash do we have on hand? How much working capital do we have? You know, do we have enough money to run the business? So I think that the emphasis on treasury-related topics within organizations and even within our families, right? Do we have enough cash, inflation, <laughs> risk? How we, you know, are we managing our own daily uh, operations to, to fund uh, houses and food and everything else that we have to pay for? And that's really the role that, the critical role that treasury plays. So uh, also I think that the, uh, please interrupt if you've got any questions, but I, but I think that outside the U.S., I think there's been a greater recognition in more developing countries that the role of Treasury is an important role for organizations. And that's why I think uh, we, we're seeing it in the Middle East. We're seeing it in the APAC region. And it's been uh, a pleasant development for us. Yeah. Makes, so it makes a lot of sense. Jim, would you say that corporate Treasury is crisis proof? Is that, is that what it means? Or even crisis-enabled crisis, sorry if my French accent is getting in the middle of this. Yeah. I think you always, you always need a solid treasury team. I think it's, you know, like anything, depending on, you know, where the world is, is there a greater emphasis? I mean, when you have enough, if companies have enough cash so that they can, you know, spend it like, a, you know, it's 1999, well, maybe, it goes out of style, but I have a feeling that trying to fund the operations of organizations is pretty darn important. Uh, I do think there there are trends that 
that impact. I mean, whenever there's a financial crisis, finance is back in the in the spotlight even more. Um, so, I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. Uh, I'm not suggesting that a, you know a good crisis is good for the CTP, but in this case, good crises and <laughs> you know a little bit. <laughs> now, COVID wasn't good for our event business. I can assure you of that. For sure. Um, sure. But even through the COVID, we saw increases in you know, spending for or increasing the number of people who wanted our, our certification. So it's a validation how important the role is in organizations. And that's, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing for us is it validates the need for really qualified treasury professionals. 100%. We want to deep dive into all this, Jim, um, maybe before doing so and staying on the, the AFP part. So the footprint, I think is pretty clear. You have an office in Singapore, you have a strategic partner in the Middle East. You guys have overall a global footprint with all the people and the memberships and so on. Yes. When was it created? How, how old is the AFP out of curiosity? AFP is about 40, 45 years old. It actually started as um, uh, kind of a club about 40 years ago, a group of individuals in the Midwest uh, saw they decided, you know, this this cash thing, this is kind of important, and we want to create a a organization, a little community of cash management, so so that we can talk to each other, uh, and network and share ideas. And uh, from that kind of small group in, uh, in St. Louis, it then kind of grew into, you know, maybe we need some kind of a certification. So they created the cash management credential, the CCM, Certified Cash Manager. And that continued to grow because the profession continued to grow. And, and one thing I know we'll talk about later, but treasury is not taught at the undergraduate in undergraduate business schools. It's not taught in finance or, you know, in, in finance departments. Treasury uh, to this day is a learn on the job type of profession. Uh, you talk to lots of treasurers who, you know, have to quote unquote, kind of steal people from accounting or steal people from finance to come work for treasury departments. So I think there was a recognition back then that they needed some kind of a standard, you know, that, that says this is the body of knowledge for someone who wants to be at the time cash management. And then uh, we changed the name of the certification uh, back in um, the early 2000s, but it wasn't just a name change in, in moving to the certified treasury professional, it really was a demonstration of how broadly that cash, cash management function within organizations grew and, and it now continues to grow. We update that certification every three years with a, with a body of knowledge, a formal job analysis. I mean, there's a lot of rigor that goes into developing that certification. It does require um, continuing education credits. We do formal job analysis, psychometricians get involved. Um, it is a, an expensive investment, but one I think is reflected in the number of people that continue to take that exam and increase in terms of its popularity. We've talked often about how treasury is often people accidentally find themselves in treasury and not that right. many people actually like leave university thinking, yeah, I want to go become a treasurer, uh, just right. a lack of awareness about the role. And, and like you said, there's no formal route into it. It is to someone typically right. that we were at a uh, event, Guillaume and I, um, last month, uh, the Treasury Career Corner live in London for with Mike Richards, who also has a podcast in Treasury. And there, um, the panel that was there, there were group treasurers of multi-billion dollar companies. And one of them was like, yeah, I'm 
Um, I'm an accountant. I have my CPA. And then, you know, like these were the kind of backgrounds that these people were coming from. Uh, no one said, yeah, I've been in treasury since I left university. Right. Or I wanted to be yeah. a treasurer when I was exactly, college. exactly. <laughs> but no, they're all loving their jobs now and they're all very highly qualified running, like I said, billions and billions of dollars of revenue every year. Um, so it's a, it's a common thing in the industry. I think you're right. And that's where the certification, I think, comes really important. I, w I would agree. And we can talk later about our university partner program, because I think this is exactly what we're trying to address um, as we think about our mission at AFP in terms of helping everyone at every stage of their career. One thing we're really focused on is people early career and people still at universities. Because if we can get people to understand there's this, hey, great career out there, it's called corporate treasury, that's only going to create a, a larger, more qualified pool of candidates to move into the treasury field. So that is one of our objectives. It's not a, again, we could talk about our program, but it's, it is aspirational on our part. So that maybe the treasurer doesn't have to go hunting internally for resources. Uh, a, for yeah, for for candidates and um, at our conference, we um, I interviewed a couple of our members, and they are, and not just treasury but finance in particular, they're really finding it difficult to recruit. They're not finding the the students and uh, coming out of university that really really have any of the knowledge or practical skills. So it's it's a very expensive endeavor to you know get them up to speed, identify them, and figure out which ones are going to stay. So. If there's ways that we as a professional organization can help that process, then all the better. Are you guys, I know you're not industry specific, but do you see a trend of industries within the CTP? No, we really don't. I think the roots of treasury uh, and has always been larger companies. You know, that's when, you know, usually it, it's a revenue uh, number that, you know, whether it's a half a billion or a billion and up, they create actually formal treasury organizations. I mean, a lot of com I mean, we have a treasury function at AFP, but it's not called treasury. It's sitting in the finance or accounting. <laughs> so that's why our member companies tend to skew large, uh, multi-billion dollar companies that is, is, uh, largely our membership. I would say two to 3 billion and up probably are that is a typical AFP, uh, company that our members come from. So when you come to conference, uh, you're going to see every recognizable name. Uh, we don't skew smaller companies because they don't have formalized treasury functions. They have, uh, or treasury organizations within their, um, companies or organizations. So we tend to skew large, 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 which doesn't mean that a small company probably shouldn't have good treasury practices, but whether or not they have a separate treasury function, no. it really, and, and as you know, those treasury functions are small. By and large, I mean, you go to these multi-billion-dollar companies, and they might might have ten or twelve people. The bigger ones, maybe thirty, forty, fifty, but those are the real mega-cap companies. So, Treasury has a unique position in the finance organization, but they tend to be relatively small compared to, say, finance or accounting or some of the other functions in finance. That's definitely the common common thread. And you, obviously, you know. That. Yeah, we've been hearing that definitely a lot. Um, but like treasury has also evolved. So yes, it is for the larger companies typically, but the role of a treasurer has definitely changed over time. And um, what have you seen in your very short 25 years, uh, in, in the AFP role, Jim, uh, and then hopefully to 25 more, 
how has the role of the treasurer adapted over your tenure and how's the AFP adapted with it? Right. So, uh, as I mentioned, if, if you looked at the first uh, essentials of cash management, it was probably, as I said, about an inch thick. And today, uh, we update that body of knowledge every th three years, as I mentioned, with a formal job analysis, which means we go out into the profession and we really want to understand what is the actual day-to-day -day role that that treasurer plays. This is not a theoretical certification. This is what they are doing on a daily basis, 365 days a year. Uh, and through that job, formal job analysis, which we do every three years, we can determine from the baseline of the prior certification, you know, what has changed in terms of their areas of responsibility. And as you've rightly pointed out, it has expanded significantly. So it's just not cash management, it's payments, it's security, cybersecurity, it's uh, bank relationship management, it's forecasting and budgeting, and it just has expanded the role of treasury, risk management. And I mean, it, is, it has expanded significantly within the finance function. All topics um, we've covered in previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm not telling your audience anything new in terms of how it's expanded. I think the challenge for finance in general, uh, get, getting get on my soapbox a little bit here, and Treasury in particular, is that um, Treasury can sometimes be a very insular position, uh, insular part of an organization, the Treasury function. And I think the challenges for those treasurers and senior Treasury people going forward is becoming more visible within the organization, playing a more strategic role and playing that business partner role. Now, that's not always easy. Because unfortunately or fortunately, finance does have that role of, you know, hey, no, if it, when it comes to things like spending money. Uh, but nevertheless, I think those effective treasurers and, and the future will be to, to be that effective business partner so that the organ, so that the business units really understand the role that, they, that working capital and cash play within the organization and have, you know, be able to understand how these financial statements really work and why it's important. So I think that's kind of the, the future. It's, it's been talked about a lot and I'm sure, um, you, you've had multiple podcasts about this, you know, in, in my presentations, I, I talk about left brain versus right brain, um, skills. Treasurers have those left brain skills. They have those great finance, great analytical skills. Let's get that right brain involved a little bit on the communication skills and that create and, and, and things like intellectual curiosity and creativity. You don't think about creativity when you think about finance, but yeah, you, you do need to have that creative part of you that's working with other individuals to get them to understand why these, why it's important that you're asking them these questions, uh, and for them to think about when they're looking at new products and services and expanding their business where the role of cash really does play. So, and I think, I think that's the challenge for finance and treasury going forward. will always be the somewhat of the challenge. hundred percent. Um, to finish with the AFP gym, what's the, what's the membership structure exactly? How does it work? Like, let's say I want to become a part of the association. What's, what does that entail? What should I do? Uh, what are the commitments I should take or the things I should expect to get? How does it overall work? 
So membership is one of our products. Is we are a membership organization, um, kind of legally. We're a membership mission-driven organization through our tax status as a not-for-profit here in the U.S. Um, so members, uh, you don't have to transact with AFP. You don't have to be a member to transact with AFP. Um, and we don't have any requirements if you take the qualification. Now, we want you to be our members because we think we're providing a valuable uh, content for you to be successful because and, and also, you know, connecting you to other members and that networking is critical. I think a lot of times, you know, people get insulated in their own organizations and, and when they realize, hey, there's this whole group of other people, like-minded people who can help me on my day-to-day -day problems through our community boards and things like that, then that becomes just a massive resource. I look at our job, our career uh, community board every day to see what questions people are asking. So membership is 495 US dollars. Uh, we provide, I mean, just a lot of uh, content, all practitioner driven content. We have internal subject matter experts who are helping to put that content together. We have webinars, training. It's a really comprehensive program, products and services that it'll help you be successful on a day-to-day -day basis. And you know, I always think $495, I mean, that's uh, one hour of a lousy attorney, um, you know. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about the investment that you're making of $495 to, to really help you be successful in your career every day and have you connected to other like-minded professionals that are more than willing to help you, it's certainly worth the price of admission and then some, in my view. Couldn't agree more. I think you, you highlight a very important point here, which is the, the community aspect. Not only are you part of the association and do you get all those resources and this content and this educational content to help you grow your career, but you also, as you very well highlighted, get part of this community of professionals that are either at the same level as you and who want to progress as well. So they might as well just exchange with you and say, hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing that wrong and I'm trying to improve at that and like exchange best practices, but also get inspired by people hiring the hierarchy and saying, hey, this is what the career track looks like if you want to get to that point. And this is what you could do and this is what you shouldn't do. And this is how I can help you potentially get there. And yet again, the other part of it, well, for the people who are a bit below you hierarchically in the, in the community that you can mentor help which will also help you in your career so there is this whole aspect of community which is critical and you can hardly replicate actually that that's the thing that's ultra valuable there yeah you, super super interesting yeah in my view you can't really put a price on it although i put a 495 dollars <laughs> <laughs> no seriously i mean first of all there's in answering those those questions on the community board there's no like oh well, i'm a treasurer or something it's it's People want to give back, and those are the people that are participating. So, I, you know, any question, I mean, and, and I've never seen anyone say, I'm not going to answer that question. I mean, you get response from people who really want to help you, and that's what a community is all about. Um, if you come to the AFP annual conference for those three days, it is amazing how people come together as a community and want to support each other. I think, it, you know, in the, this world these days, we often seem very isolated at times or isolated individually working from home or isolated even in your own organization and to realize there are other like-minded people who, guess what? They're having the same issues you are. There's probably nothing unique that you're going to 
ask on that board, community board, for a, for assistance that someone hasn't gone through before. And I think just knowing that there's a community of like-minded people who are going to give you great answers, and I've heard from people say, you know, this has saved me tens of thousands or millions of dollars or it helped, you know, I didn't, because someone steered me in the right direction or said, this is the right resource to go to, or look at the conference session that's been, uh, that it's on the website that you can listen to and hear how people grappled with those types of questions. So, you know, these days, I think we, we're all looking for someone to hug us a little bit and say, Hey, we're, we're willing to help you out. And, and when it comes to treasury and financial planning analysis, we're the place. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to join you for the 2024 Nashville yeah. edition. Yeah, in Nashville. Exactly. 20 to 23rd of October, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Will be great.